1494, the renowned artist Leonardo da Vinci was commissioned by the Duke of Milan to create an inspirational mural in the dining room of the convent of Santa Maria. It would be called The Last Supper, depicting Jesus' last night with his disciples. It took da Vinci nearly four years to complete the painting, which measures 15 feet by 29 feet. Over the past 500 plus years, the Last Supper has undergone several restorations, with the most recent in 1999 completing a 21-year process. Today, the painting is open to the public, and if you were able to travel the 6,000 miles from Southern California to Milan, Italy, you would be able to view the painting for a grand total of 15 minutes, and that not without reservations well in advance. This morning, however, from the comfort of your chair, not only are you all invited to view the painting at your leisure, you're invited to experience the emotions of that evening as Da Vinci's The Last Supper comes to life right before your eyes. There's a spiritual dimension beyond that which is known to man, a dimension as vast as space and as timeless as existence. It is the middle ground between light and darkness, between science and spirit, and it lies between the depth of our fears and the summit of our enlightenment. This is the dimension of revelation and salvation. It is an area we call the Bible Zone. I tell you the truth. One of you is going to betray me. Night scene, a small upstairs room a time and land far away, a gathering of 13 men, close friends, occupations varied, fishermen, a tax collector, and one, a carpenter by trade, is a man named Jesus, whose claim of late is that he is none other than the Son of God. They've come together this fateful night for what they think will be a time of fellowship and tradition. But this is no ordinary night, and soon their collective hope will take a sudden life and death turn, and their budding faith will be shaken to its core. For as it turns out, events are in motion that will not only affect these men, it will change the world.
My name is James. I'm the brother of John. My brother and I followed Jesus right when he called us. We were mending our nets, our fishing nets, down by the Sea of Galilee with our father Zebedee. It was one day, wow, almost three years ago. I was in the home of Jairus with Jesus. Jairus is a synagogue leader in a small outside town whose daughter was very sick. And Jesus rose her from what he said was sleep, sleep of death. I saw him raise that girl back to life with my own two eyes. And I was with Jesus on that high mountain when he became angel-like in appearance. And he was talking with Moses and Elijah who appeared right next to him. While traveling to Jerusalem last week, John and I even made this request of him. Teacher, grant that we may sit with you in glory when you come into your kingdom, one on your right and one on your left. He replied, you do not know what you ask. Can you drink this cup that I drink? We said we are able. The others, the other ten, overheard us. They uh, were a little angry with us that we even dared make such a request of him. Jesus then reminded us that he who is first must be the servant of all. He also said to love one another. He showed his love for us this evening <laughs> by washing our feet before supper. <laughs> Jesus, washing our feet? He was always teaching us that God's way was always one of love. Why? Why, why, why? Why must one of us betray him? Can it even be true? Yet, deep inside my own troubled heart, I can't help but wonder, is it me? Surely, Lord, don't let it be me. I am Andrew, brother of Simon Peter. I was the first to bring someone to the Lord when I brought my brother Peter to Jesus. I also found the little lad with the five loaves and two fish. That day when Jesus fed what must have been 5,000 men. 
not to mention the women and the children. As I watched him feed so many with so little, I was glad in my heart that I decided to serve the Lord just by being myself. He must have seen something of value in me that the others overlooked because he chose me to be one of his 12 apostles. We have shared much triumph and many a tragedy. I, I may not have been in the inner circle like Peter, but I've been a friend and companion to my Lord. What greater gift could life afford a fisherman? And now one of us is to betray him? It's unthinkable, it's impossible. Who could it be? How could he get away with this in his own heart? Yet, is it I? Is it I? I was a tax collector at the gates of Jerusalem when Jesus came to me and said, follow me. Follow him, I thought. Was I compelled to do so because of the confidence in his voice? Or was it the compassion in his eyes that fell upon me when he said, follow me? For he knew I was a tax collector, yet he accepted me. Oh, I had mixed emotions, was troubled and indecisive. For I had acquired a great deal of success and wealth in Jerusalem. Did he expect me to give up my prestige and my possessions to follow him? Yet he must have known that I had this nagging, burning emptiness deep inside me. So I pushed aside my fears, which were many, and decided to follow him in faith, a faith without boundaries. Oh, I knew that nothing would ever be the same again. And my heart, my my heart had longed for something that, as it turned out, only he could fill. I recall Jesus once said, everything is possible for him who believes. I know and believe this. The joy and peace I thought I would never experience. I have experienced by surrendering my life to him. But is it possible now that I could betray him? How could I? Let it not be me.
My name? My name is Bartholomew. And like many of these others, I'm a fisherman. I was also a disciple with John the Baptist. But it was my friend Philip who came to me and said, we have found the one that Moses has written about in the law. And whom the apostles also wrote. Jesus. Jesus of Nazareth. Son of Joseph. Nazareth, I said. What good could come from there? Now, I didn't say that with scorn, but the town, the town, it was this little insignificant place. I couldn't understand. Why would God send his anointed there? My friend Philip, he just said, come and see. Now, when I saw Jesus, he said, now there is a true Israelite, and with where I see nothing false. Do you even know who I am, I asked. And Jesus replied, I've known you since the day you were under the fig tree, before Philip called. Do you realize what Jesus just said to me was that he had known me before the day I was born? I mean, right there. And then I believed. You know, it's kind of hard to believe that one of us is going to betray the anointed one of God? Is it me? Is it me? Jesus, he sees everything. He knows our hearts. Does he see my heart betraying him? My name is Philip. I'm from, well, I'm not from around here like my brothers in Christ. While several of my friends and I were in Bethany listening to John the Baptist, Jesus called us to become his disciples. During uh, the years of clo close fellowship with Jesus, my faith in God has become stronger and deeper. I remember so clearly that night when we were on a boat crossing over to the gatherings, a figure of squad came up and the waves broke over the boat so there was nearly swamped. But there was Jesus, sound asleep on a cushion at the back of the boat. 
We all cried out, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He looked at us calmly, got up, and simply said to the wind and the waves, Quiet, be still. And immediately it became calm again. When he turned back to us, there was an expression of his face of um, love and bewilderment all at the same time. Then he simply said, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? I didn't understand it all, but it was then I began to grasp the depth of His love for us. No matter who we are or where we come from. And now, after all we have gone through together, He says there's a betrayer among us. Who could it be? Can one of us be so devious? Is it Philip? Lord, is it I? Is it I? I like to be called the disciple that Jesus loved. Jesus called to me when I was mending the fishing nets with my father Zebedee and my brother James. And what a wonderful change in my life since I met Jesus. He taught me that love is the key to really living. And that's true. For it was love, God's wonderful love, that caused me to follow Jesus. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him they shall not perish but they will have eternal life. Oh, I vividly remember Jesus saying this. My spirit immediately bore witness that I, John, would have eternal life. Oh, but now to hear Jesus say that one of us would betray that love. But then I wondered, Father, could it be me? How could this be true? But then again, I do wonder, Father, could it be me? Thaddeus, the lighthearted, you know, Thaddeus, oh Thaddeus, you make us so gladius. Yeah, what a joker I am. 
but do I really belong with these men? Men of honor, courage, strength, and leadership. Oh, sure, I can make men laugh, but could I appoint them to Jesus? I was just not deep enough for that. And yet, Jesus chose the 12 of us to become the cornerstones of the new kingdom, just as the 12 tribes of Israel were the cornerstones of the old Jewish kingdom. I remember that after a night in prayer, Jesus called us to him. He gave us authority to drive out evil spirits. And then he commissioned us to go out and preach this message to others. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. I, I was with Jesus in Jerusalem when he gave the great invitation These were his words. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And just now, Jesus gives us this news that one of us will betray him. Who can this be? Who is the traitor? It's no joke. I can't make light of it. Who can it be? Is it someone we least suspect? Someone like me? Or will all of us betray him before the night is over? Is it me? Is it me? My name is James. But since there's another James with us, my brothers call me James the Younger. I will never forget the day I first saw Jesus. I was just wandering aimlessly down the road alongside the Jordan River when I looked up and noticed a large crowd forming. And I became curious, so I rushed over for a closer look. And as I pushed and weaved my way through the crowd, I came upon Jesus right there at the water's edge, asking John to baptize him. And just as John is lifting Jesus up from the water, the heavens open wide, and there's this brilliant light. I know now that it was the Holy Spirit in the form of a dove. And while I was still trying to take this all in, I hear this voice. A voice unlike any I had ever heard before. And it said, You are my son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. I heard the voice of God. I mean, I heard the voice of God. 
from that moment until now, I have followed Jesus, just as he called me to be a devoted disciple, along with the others. Yet tonight, Jesus says one of us is going to betray him. One of the 12, his closest followers. This traitor has to be out of his mind. Now my soul aches. My mind is confused. Is it me, Lord? Is it? Many people think of me as a doubter. Deep down, I'm not. Perhaps it's just because I usually demand proof before I believe. Don't most people? Don't you? I recall the day when Mary and Martha sent word to the Lord that their brother Lazarus was sick. And yet, when we heard the news, we stayed right where we were for two more days. Then Jesus said to us, let us go back to Judea. But Rabbi, some of the others said, just a short while ago, the Jews, they tried to stone you, and, and yet you want to go back there? Jesus said, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I'm glad I was not there, so that you may believe. Let us go back to him. But, but I was the one who spoke out, saying to the rest of them, Let us also go that we may die with him. Why do people... Remember my fear and forget my faith. I remember Jesus healing the sick, curing the lame, opening the eyes of the blind and the ears of the deaf, cleansing the lepers and proclaiming the good news to the poor. But opposition has developed. His enemies are determined to destroy him. Why? You ask why? 
<laughs> I'll tell you why. Because the God that Jesus reveals is the one true God. Not a God found in their petty little man-made deities. But now, Jesus says that even among us, the chosen 12, there is a traitor. Oh, I'm overcome with fear and doubts. Is he speaking of me? Will these doubts overtake me? Is it me? Lord, am I going to betray you? All of the others came from Galilee. Galilee? Summer fishermen. But my home is in a village in Karath in Judea. Jesus selected me to be the keeper of the money bag. Despite what the others say behind my back about my impatience, my stinginess, oh, and my ambition. Jesus, he believes in me. If he hadn't, he'd have gotten someone else. Yes. As treasurer, I complained when Mary washed his feet with that expensive, fragrant oil. I feel it was a waste of money. It should have been put in a treasury. And some say, if I speak to the chief priests and they ask me for my advice and they pay for it, that is not their concern. Oh, some say, that I've appropriated the funds for my own use and that Jesus' words about the love of money 
Lord, directed at me. Well, I have my eyes on some of them. You see? I've come to know Jesus. And I believe in Him. For I have seen His glory. But someone has to force the issue and make him assert himself. As our Messiah, but he refused. He refused to make a move. Well, I've made one. And what would you do if you wanted him to bring insidious Rome to her knees and to usher in His kingdom. What would you do? Should I be like the others and cry out, Is it me? Is it I? What would you? Before Jesus called me, I was a member of a group of hot-headed, bloodthirsty revolutionaries known as the Zealots. And I, like some of my brothers, were all for armed rebellion against Rome, hoping to throw off her chains of oppression and reestablish King David's glorious kingdom of Israel. But then Jesus taught of another kingdom, the kingdom of the heart, where God desires to rule supremely. Since I began listening to him, Jesus has taught me that the conquest of the heart is the only true and meaningful and lasting conquest. And I have unconditionally and completely surrendered myself to Him. But this surrender, it has not imprisoned me. Rather, for the first time in my life, I am completely free. I am no longer afraid of Rome. 
though Rome is mighty, God is almighty. And now, Jesus says that among us, there is a spiritual Roman, one who would attempt by force that which can only be accomplished by love. Who could he be speaking of? Matthew, the publican, the big fisherman, or his brother? Or does Jesus suspect me, since I am the only zealot among us? I am hot-tempered and impatient. Could it be me? Is it me? I am also a fisherman. Jesus has said that one of us would betray him. Was he referring to me when he said, one of you will betray me? I don't think so. I would follow him anywhere. I actually got out of our boat late one night and was walking on the water right to Jesus. That is, until I was hit by a gust of wind and started sinking. Jesus was right there, and he pulled me up. He just looked at me and said, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? His words cut me to the core of my heart. I hate to admit this, but I actually found myself wondering, did I make the right choice? But where else am I going to go? Never in my entire life have I heard anyone speak with such authority and yet make me feel so at peace. The truth is, if I knew who the betrayer was, I'd, I'd pierce his heart, or I'd cut his tongue out with my dagger. Or maybe, maybe it would be my own heart that I would pierce. I've been proven wrong many times before. Dear God in heaven, do not let it be me! actually find myself confused. Lord, could it really be me? Could it really be me? Judas. Yes, what you're about to do, do quickly.
a new command I give you. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. My children, I will be with you only a little longer. Where I am going, you cannot come. Lord, where are you going? Where I am going, you cannot follow now, but you will follow later. Why can't I follow you now, Lord? I will lay down my life for you. Peter, Peter, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you, Peter, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. Lord, I am ready to go with you to prison, even to death. I tell you, Peter, before the rooster crows today, you will deny three times that you know me. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. Thank you, Father. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. You did not choose me, but I chose you. Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. 
on this night, in the dark of night, Jesus was betrayed, taken by a mob, yet not against his will, to be accused and convicted, taunted and beaten, bloodied and battered, forced by his accusers to haul a heavy cross up a hill, to which he was nailed through his hands and feet, and where he died a painful death, but not before saying, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. Alone and confused, the disciples are hopelessly lost, their faith an afterthought. Judas Iscariot, who betrayed Jesus, is dead. The disciples don't know it, but their state of despair is only temporary, for they're about to witness a miracle with their own eyes, and their faith will be restored, because Jesus is alive, miraculously, incredibly, and most definitely alive. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. File this drama under Bible Stories Easter with a special notation that it's for all of us. For as the disciples saw and millions around the world believe through faith, Jesus is the Son of God and he has risen indeed. A tale of revelation and salvation. That is the heart of the Bible zone.